0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to the XO Podcast. Hi, Vic. How are you? Thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm great. I'm really glad we got your hair all situated.
1: Hair like... Everything, we're all good and ready to go. (laughs) You know,
0: we're good. We're ready to go. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, For everybody who's not familiar with your work, can you just give us a brief description of kind of the role that you play in our industry and what you've done in the past to where you are now?
1: Yeah. So I am the co-owner and co-founder of Asteria Arts Music Festival, which is a festival that's going on. It's fourth year now. And I also do artist development and management.
0: Yeah, that's sick. I mean, I know you do so many consultations with up and coming aspiring producers in Florida, which is super sick. And you run that through Asteria as well, right?
1: Asteria and Artist Space.
0: Yes. Yeah. And Artist Space. Cool. So, what? So, explain to me what Artist Space is.
1: Well, Artist Space is pretty much a collective of a bunch of graphic designers and just you know pr personnel mm-hmm. every everything that you can go ahead and think of that's related to the music industry and we try to work within a set budget for any sort of artist, whether they're up and coming whether they're just starting out whether they're already established and we help them and give them tools to expand their careers and take it to new heights
0: that's super awesome. And you're still doing stuff with artist base actively now?
1: Um, I'm kind of hands off unless I want to, you know, really like the plot, the project or mm-hmm. really want to get involved with the project. I pretty much leave it to, you know, the people that I put in charge to.
0: Yeah, remember. absolutely. It's cool because you don't see too many collectives like that who are kind of like, okay, this is what we're here for. You see more like marketing, this and that, instead of like consultation appointments and things really just to help people guidance-wise level up their craft or take their project to the next level. So that's super dope. Has that been going on four years too? Uh,
1: that's been going on since 2016.
0: Actually. Okay, awesome. Okay, so a little bit longer, but yeah, you're already to your fourth year of hysteria. I mean... The lineup for this year, even though a few people haven't been announced yet, is just like wild. I mean, from looking at year one to year four, has it just been insane to see not only like the talent grow, but the attendance, the team, everything?
1: Yeah, the team has grown. The attendance has grown. The artists have grown. Everything has, you know. You know, every year we face new challenges, um, even more so this year, and um, we I've been doing great, you know, keeping up on everything. And it's been a challenge, but, you know, you learn something new every single year and that helps you apply it to the next year and so on and so forth. You know, it's always, it's a never ending learning experience, you know?
0: Oh, definitely. And it just makes you like stronger and better and more like inept to handle things that might come at you in the future. I mean, especially with the pandemic happening, obviously, what were your first thoughts when you were like, holy shit, this is actually going to affect all of us and, and we're going to have to adapt and really change the way that we approach live events, period, moving forward.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was rough, but, I mean, that's the same story for everyone. Um, I, I think that the biggest uh, objective for everybody was to kind of just see – how we can adapt and, and the things that we need to do to change uh, in order to survive in a pandemic. <laughs> the reality of it, I, um, I've seen. I've seen. I, I think it was the other day that I saw an uh, uh, artist going ahead and doing paintings and auctioning, them, auctioning them off and, and doing limited edition stuff yeah. like that. you know, instead of releasing music, he just decided to do a bunch of paintings and, and sell them. Um, You know, it's uh, everybody's doing live streams. You know, Mm -hmm. so people were people had to think on their toes really quickly in order to you know um, replace that source of income that they immediately ended up losing because of the fact that there's no tours, no shows, no anything. You know,
0: and especially for our industry, it's like so many such a large percentage of all of these artists' incomes are touring. They're strictly touring DJs, especially taking into account how little most people make off of their, like, actual music streams in electronic dance music. So it's like, you really have to start thinking out of the box. And even with these live streams, like, so many of these guys, you know, aren't getting paid for the live streams. And a lot of these guys are streaming, but it's like, subscriptions and, like, Twitch donations can only amount to so much money. So it's like, you have to be creative. And half these guys are here on visas, which means they can't collect unemployment. They can't go get a normal job. They're here to perform. And if performing isn't a thing, it's like, what the fuck are they supposed to do?
1: Can't do anything because then they would be breaking the law.
0: (laughs) It's so it's so crazy. And it's like we're fortunate enough to live in a state where even though everybody thinks we're an idiot, we're allowed to at least try and sustain some sort of income and that's the approach that our state state has taken but there's not many others that have taken that approach to allow most businesses to keep operating i mean you look at la right now and they just passed an order for all of outdoor dining restaurants to be closed period until like three weeks into january and it's like that's so crazy that like we're able to go out of our house and like there's music events and things that you know certain capacity and pods and our gyms are open and then you go somewhere else within our same country and it's like you literally can't go outside.
1: Yeah, I mean right now the the reality is that the music industry is I think 27.9 or something like that billion dollars uh, a year in mm-hmm. you know, industry and I think it may, it's lost almost 9.9 billion uh, so <laughs>
0: and people don't understand that, you know, people don't get that.
1: Massive. It, it's been a massive impact to, to everybody involved in the music industry. Um, and, and not even, and, and not even people directly involved in the music industry, right? Because there's other people that we don't think of. We don't think of like, you know, the the people that are attendees or employees of stadiums and concert halls and stuff like that, you know? they, the, the people that scan your tickets are out of jobs too, you know? Absolutely.
0: I mean, it's everyone down to like janitor services, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like all the way up the chain. It's not just the performers. It's not just the event promoters or the talent buyers or the agents and the managers. It's all of these people that aren't even like directly related to the live entertainment industry or working in that field are also out of a job.
1: Absolutely. I mean, think of all the temp companies that you, all the temp employees that are used, you know, that because a lot of people are temp workers, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, a lot of temp agencies do events, right? Like whether it be security, whether it be stuff, that's like why, why it's always like a weird group of misfits. That's like doing like event security when you go to these places, like you're like,
0: holy shit,
1: you know, like none of them look like they all like should be working together, but somehow they're working together, you know? uh so yeah i mean all those groups are affected you know and those people rely on on that income too i mean there's a bunch of people that rely on the music industry uh and and it functioning you know and it being shut down just minimizes a bunch of work you know uh it, it minimizes stuff you know where you would have when i mean look at the comparison of you you as an artist can set up, you know, all of this, like your podcast and everything and set it up and put it out there to the world, you know, all by mm-hmm. your lonesome. You don't have to hire anybody for that, you know, Correct. So it like, you know, the overhead for all of these things, you know, the live streams, you know, minimizes overhead, you know, that a typical club has. So, yeah, a lot of people are finding ways to survive, but it's not a sustainable uh, it's not a sustainable method. of service. No,
0: it's like a ticking time bomb to the fact that a lot of people also understa- don't understand that a lot of these independent venues that don't have overhead or investors behind them are just not going to come back and they're not going to be, and they're just not. I mean, I listen to stuff where all of these comedy clubs are closing and all of these restaurants are closing and it's the mom and pop places that aren't unionized, that have nothing to do with a higher political standard, whether it's lobbying or X, Y, and Z that just aren't going to be saved. I mean, we haven't even gotten the money for the Save Our Stages Act that was supposed to be passed like six months ago, five, six months ago. And I think that's now just coming with the next round of stimulus, right?
1: Right. It is. But the thing is that there's a lot of companies that once again, we run into, you know, the qualifying factors, a lot of them, a lot of businesses don't go ahead and quote, quali- like a lot of the people that might go ahead and be needing these loans might not either be educated enough to, to, uh, educated about them enough to, to apply for them or feel comfortable applying for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you have uh, big corporations that already have their lawyers, their, you know, and, and, and their whole entire accounting team and all that stuff at the ready with the paperwork, ready to submit it like that, you know? Yeah. And,
0: and then the money's uh, gone. And then the money's gone.
1: Right. So, so it's a iffy situation and we're going to have to see how it plays out. You know, um, we're going to see what, what really goes ahead and happens because a lot of these clubs also, already, you got to think a lot of these clubs went ahead and switched from being, you know, concert halls and venues to being like restaurants and like this and that in order to operate. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder how that's going to work when they switch back or to try to take advantage of like, you know, money like this. Um, that's also something that I'm curious about. I it, it just, it's difficult because I, I want to. Um, I want to know more, I want to know more about it, but I also want to prepare, um, cause I, we, we, on the side, we also go ahead and help, you know, business, we do business management as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've had conversations with, you know, with the first time that PPP loans came out, yeah. um, for, for small businesses and employees and stuff. Uh, we, we had a bunch of questions about those. And, you know, we try to give the best information that we can, but even to us, it was confusing. So I think that the education uh, towards these loans is so important so that people can know how to apply for them directly so that they can be on top of their game so they can beat some of these big corporations, because that's the reality. We're going to have to see how this Save Our Stages Act plays out, how the money is actually distributed. And... To be completely honest, some of these places are already closed down. Some of these places—they're—they're
0: they're past saving.
1: It's past saving, you know. It's too late for them. So, yeah. What What do we do about those places? What do we do in those scenarios? Um, I I feel like I feel like a lot. It's it's such an iffy situation, right? Because I like part of me feels like some of these landlords that have you know. Have, have forced these places to shut down and forced them in the way of, like, not working together to find some sort of resolution during this time to, yeah. you know, come to agreeable terms, you know, as far as, like, rent is concerned. Because a lot of people don't realize this, that their favorite venue is probably leasing the space. You know, Correct. they might have been there for, like, 20, 30, 50, almost 100 years, but it's still leasing the space. They don't... Some, some of these places don't own that space, right? Correct. So they're paying rent to be there consistently every single year every single month you know so um i think that some of those i feel like those landlords should go ahead and be held accountable to some extent or you know not in a legal way but you know just they, they should be working with each other. You know what I'm saying? But you they absolutely should. But it's just like, I also get it from the landlord's point, you know, the landlord
0: deserves to get paid. Like they do deserve yeah. to get paid, but it's just like, in my opinion, it's an it's oversight true. failure from our state's government.
1: And that's what it boils down to. Right. When, when you start seeing the fact that there's two parties that aren't at fault for what's going on, right. Mm-hmm. It's neither the tenant or the landlord's fault. Um, uh, that's when the government should realistically step in and that just kind of shows the failure that um, you know leadership overall democrats and republicans um, just have failed to go ahead and, and prepare you know specifically prepare a fail safe or a backup plan for independent contractors which is what the which is what we all are you know yeah. in the- history, a majority of us, you know, unless you're working for one of the big guys, you are an independent contractor, you know, that means that you're in charge of everything, you know, including your healthcare. So it's difficult. It's very, it's very difficult to be in one of the sectors that kind of gets ignored when everything's okay. And we don't have, disasters like this right yeah but but and we we end up in situations where we're like now where we're rushing a bunch of legislation and we're rushing a bunch of shit right and unfortunately we live in a government where we need to read the fine print because as i'm sure that you found out uh there was a ton of stuff even stuff that affected streamers and um even people sharing memes and stuff (laughs) like you know like Inside a COVID relief bill, you know, just like smashed in there. Just like, you know, a little paragraph like on the bottom, you know, Um, and and, and putting ourselves in situations where we pass things just on the fly isn't good either. We should be prepared for situations like this. And I understand that you can't be prepared for everything, but there's no reason that we shouldn't have some sort of plan of attack that we can all come into agreement with, you know?
0: Well, this was a – this is – this whole thing, this whole past year has been, in my opinion, a hell of a lot worse than it should have been, could have been because of lack of preparation. But again, the other end of it is shit happens and we can't go back and change the past. We just can move forward. However, you know, you would hope if anything like this, in this kind of conceptual perspective were to happen again, that this disaster does not follow. And it just it just really really sucks because it's like of course it's like all of the fine print that the average person is not there to read or understand because there's not a liaison for the independent contractors or for the mom and pop businesses and you're just pretty much left to die and i feel like that is what's fueling the ever growing like division in our country between the top and the bottom and and it's really scary In my perspective, like I have the conversations with even my parents all the time, it's like, what's gonna happen to all these kids who haven't been in school for six months to a year? What's going to, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about the kids who have the parents who have the funds to hire homeschooling or have the time to, you know, sit down and talk to them and help them out with what's going on. It's, it's the people in low income housing. It's, it's the average blue collar worker who has to go to work and has to continue to provide for their family or try and collect some sort of unemployment where I talked to like my step little cousin, and he had a complete six month block where he was just not learning in fourth grade. And it's like, what are the long-term effects of that and the long-term effects of all of this stuff?
1: My little brother right now is doing the online schooling and my mom used to go ahead and be a teacher as well. And she, even her opinion is that it's horrible. And then if one of my closest friends, his son is in a private school That has, you know, done the the online schooling and then it's the same. And then I also know, you know, teachers uh, and that are really frustrated because, you know, you're throwing this, you know, never in their lives where they did they sign up, you know, online classes, you know.
0: And then like, I know the teachers went on strike because they weren't receiving hazard pay and like all of this other stuff where it's just these long-term effects that we might not see now, but maybe in the next five to 10 years, we'll see them. And it's just, it, it sucks because it's like, even the people that you have working underneath you as a team for hysteria are all 1099s, correct?
1: Yep. Most of them, yeah.
0: So and it's even with like a boutique festival like yours you still have what a few hundred employees you know you know give or take and and a lot of them are volunteers to come to the festival but a lot of them offer value like the production value and the TMs and all of the people you have put into place to make sure the festival functions.
1: Right.
0: It's crazy. I mean have you taken any cutbacks moving forward or have had to increase your team because of the COVID precautions? Had
1: to increase our team, just not necessarily due to COVID, but mostly due to the overall growth of the festival, right? Mm-hmm. So because of our growth, we've had to you know, expand the team. I, I can't, it's grown to the point where I just can't do it just by myself. And then obviously with COVID and everything like that, um, We've been doing extensive training um, and getting certifications and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: following on kind of reading as much materials as possible so that we can follow the, uh, implement the correct guidelines that we feel um, are going to keep, you know, our attendees safe for for Hysteria this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that requires an entire team. Absolutely. But the, the same way that uh, the same way that you're seeing, you know, COVID compliances, teams pop out all over the place. You know, you, you're, you're seeing places at theme parks that are taking temperatures and doing all that jazz. I think that COVID has taken away some jobs, but it's also added some jobs mm-hmm. and added some new positions for teams. Um it's made us, I, I think it's going to help us be in the future, be more aware about the overall hygiene and just like, you know, germ distribution and bacteria distribution. Which is
0: what should have always been yeah, there just, to begin with. Yeah,
1: right? Like, wash your hands, you know? Like,
0: <laughs> I just remember it's like, wash your hands, count 30. Like, when you're a little kid and it's like somewhere between that point and a person becoming a young adult to a full blown adult. They like lose that, and they also lose like the conception for trying to be active and trying to be healthy and trying to build up your immune system. Because the people who are getting hit the hardest with this disease are people who don't take care of themselves, and it's real and it's hard and it's hard and it's like, yes, some people have you know pre-compromised immune systems, and it's like that shit you just can't control, but you can control the vitamins you take and you can't control the amount of water you drink and the time you spend in the sun and the time that you try and you know eat your veggies and eat your fruits and like all of that shit matters taking a shower matters washing your hands matters and it's like we've we've watched other continents like asia wear masks forever they've wear masks for a really long time so it, it's it's just something where it's like maybe it hit us in the face i don't know what it is but i think a lot of people are going to be a lot more conscious moving forward and i definitely think that's a better thing than not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that it's crucial, you know, um, that we've been able, I I think it's great that we've been able to uh, take those steps and Mm -hmm. and kind of get everybody, you know, educated in the different scenarios because there's a lot of information out there. Right. Um, So it's not like it's not readily available. Um, It's just, All about being informed and and trying to get, you know, valid news sources like uh, CDC and, you know, sometimes there might be disagreements in in how things are done, right? Which has been a hot topic of debate, you know, how if if you should wear a mask, if you shouldn't, this and that. And the reality is, is that if I'm trying to operate, I need to follow those guidelines. Whether yeah. I agree with them or not, you know, whether I think that it's right or it isn't right, that's what I need to do in order to operate because that's the guidelines that have been implemented by the government, <laughs> and the person allowing me to proceed with what I'm doing. So, <laughs> you know, um, uh, I, I think that, you know, getting all the event promoters and, and everybody that is involved in the event industry. And with the time that we have right now, um, because of the fact that we're not doing events and and everything, we should touch up on those things, right? Correct. We should should do our due diligence in order. And it's only going to go ahead and help you. I mean, it's not not like it's going to look bad on your resume instead of, you know, sitting here that, you know, you had to end up doing like 30, 40, you know, hour weeks doing Uber or DoorDash or whatever. If you at least took like, you know, two hours of your like Saturday or night to, to touch up on these like certifications that are available for free, you know, or learning, you know, these new guidelines in place for whatever city or state you live in um, can be extremely beneficial moving into 2021. I mean,
0: I think that's a great piece of advice because it's like not only another hat you can wear, which is so important on being in the back end of the industry, of being able to offer multiple things coming to the table. It's going to help anybody who wants to be in live events moving forward, give them an advantage point by having these certifications and being knowledgeable in X, Y, and Z because this shit isn't going away. People are going to be health conscious for at least the next decade moving forward.
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%.
0: So- as Asteria has grown, I mean, it's always been a very like meshed kind of bill with local support and regional support and then like headliners to top to your headliners. Like this year is definitely a huge lineup, one of the biggest lineups to date. I mean, you've got Rusco and all of these OGs, Delta Heavy, you have more Kismet back. I mean, what's it been like to watch more Kismet grow from last year to this year, even with the pandemic?
1: uh emotional as fuck right <laughs> right
0: right i literally i remember when you messaged me you're like this is probably like a year and a half ago you're like lizzie who the fuck is coming up who's good like who's whatever and i was like yo you gotta fucking check out this 13 year old like, or 14 or whoever the fuck he was but you're
1: fucking crazy all right i'm in <laughs> yeah
0: yeah you're like okay okay and i mean i remember Jared, too kind, was originally the one who showed him to me. I remember reaching out to him. I was like, dude, I don't know if I need to talk to your mom. I don't know if I need to talk to somebody else. But I would love to have you on my show. Like, your music's kick-ass. But it's like, it's so cool That that's the growth I feel like you're able to see because you have that belief in like lower card artists at the time or artists who have honestly no traction behind them to see them go from like one to two like people like Pixel Terror people like Chime who have really just like come into their own especially with this whole new like melodic wave that's happened over the last year and now they're just huge players.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean the entire purpose. Of Asteria since I started doing anything related to that project has always been to give a platform to up and coming artists. You know, Mm -hmm. that's always been our focus. And, you know, almost using the larger artists, the audience that the larger artists is going to go ahead and be bringing in Mm -hmm. to allow us to strategically place, you know, undercard artists um, in the lineup said that they can receive the crowd that they that we feel they truly deserve right um and we do a lot of prepping um in our group uh and it's not it's it's like prepping in the sense of we we educate them of like these artists as they're coming up you know sometimes there's been artists that we I don't want to call it promote because we don't necessarily promote. We just find really good songs that we enjoy as they Mm -hmm. come out and as they're released. And and we make sure to share those tracks with like our audience, you know? Um, and, And that allows us to bring, to build, slowly build throughout the year, a genuine fan base for that artist so that when we bring that artist, although they may not have had a Florida fan base before, they now have it coming in. You know, Absolutely.
0: With- and I mean, yeah. all of that shit helps them. And I feel like the hardest part, it's like, especially with like my journey, and I'm sure so many other like undercard artists can relate, is that like people don't know who you are. Like they right. haven't discovered you. So how could they ever like you if they don't know who you are and the music that you release and what you, you know, what your brand is, what you stand for, anything that could be relatable to a general like consumer that listens to electronic music. and. And it's really cool because it's like you just don't get those big property festivals that do that, period.
1: No, and what I've liked the art like I I take it almost as a it's a it's a big honor, first of all, to be able to give out those that sort of platform. And but it's also a huge responsibility as well, you know, because we we understand that people now trust us to curate something that's going to be you know a, a, a lineup that yeah you can go ahead and see these artists wherever you know anywhere anywhere you want to but what makes hysteria special is the way that we curate you know our lineups and the stages and the amount of detail that we put into how we flow and structure the night you know um there's a lot of thought that goes into you, where where most festivals just kind of throw everybody into a lineup and see have all managers agree and be like oh okay cool you know uh, yeah. and then just kind of like scatter them all over. We take a lot of pride in you know um, curating our. You time- curate
0: every name. Every yeah. name is selected. It's not like oh we're gonna get this bigger you know, guy.
1: Yeah, we don't book anybody that we don't listen to. We don't mm-hmm. book anybody that that we don't don't feel. That we don't feel resonates with our audience, right yeah. uh, we're very open and transparent with the way that we operate. Um, when it comes to booking artists, when it comes to selecting our, our uh, vendors, when it comes to selecting you know the, our, our live artists as far as like you know painters and and performers and, and all that stuff, we involve our group and our community heavily in those steps. So no, if it's not something that 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 we feel they're gonna vibe with, it's not something that we go after, you know so yeah,
0: absolutely
1: it's very special as well, you know,
0: definitely I mean, I feel like your Facebook group for Asteria is like one of the strongest communities that I see for a festival, and it's like all of these guys act like they are family and yeah. and it's and it's so cool because you don't get that normal feel when you attend a festival whether it's small or big you don't get that community sense feeling and I know that since you all have curated this and like all the people who buy tickets to the festival understand that you've taken the time to do it I feel like they play a part in making sure it's like a safe environment for everybody to have fun in to do their stuff and they watch out for each other like they're all their their family and and that's just like super cool. And, and I feel like a lot of festivals can't really say that they can achieve that. Um, but I mean, that's dope. Like it's grown so, so much. And the fact that you're like an artist manager as well, because I now know you're working with silent child, who's more vocalist, multi-genre faceted producer as well. But you worked with kind of strictly producers beforehand, which was like Heritage. Who else did you work with? You worked with a few people.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I worked with you. I worked yeah, with-
0: I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but but it's like you look at strictly like those producers, and you can understand the back end of giving someone like me or like Aaron a chance to come uh, and play a festival I, at a higher I, level.
1: I think that one of my biggest I I think that one of the biggest gifts in the sense of like, you know, like what draws me to an artist, like, you know, like what drew me to Aaron, what drew me to you, what drew me to Mm Morkismet, what drew me to um, Rodney, Silent Child, is that you guys, uh, anybody wants to go ahead, like everybody wants to go ahead and do this, right?
0: Yeah. But
1: very few have that determination where where they go ahead and understand the steps that it's going to take um take those steps fail right know that they have to go ahead and work on a b c whatever go back to the drawing board actually work on those things come back you know and and have that sort of like uh you know until you get a polished product and, and every single one of you guys have been able to go ahead and do that you know Um, and, and and I feel like that's been like one of the biggest things for me, Aaron, um, you know, before I even worked with him on anything, he was sending me tracks for almost three years, two years or something like that. And it wasn't until I was seeing more consistency and more consistency with his sound and his production that I was like, all right, bro, let's fucking do this shit. I want to go ahead and do something with you. You know, like went from there, you know? Um and, and you know same with you. It wasn't until I went ahead and saw you at the den. Uh, uh, shit.
0: Gosh, yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, long ago. Like
1: and, and I saw you firsthand, and I saw how you were DJing and stuff like that. And, and you know, I really wanted you to work on that production and shit because mm-hmm. I knew that you already had the DJing shit um, part down. And then boom, you know what I'm saying. And same with like you know silent child. Silent child is somebody who you know. Is now learning how uh, learning how to do his performances live. You know, yeah. he he's got the you know production aspect down and everything like that. But now we need to work on his live performance. So now we're we're trying to go ahead and bring in like a drum pad. We're trying to bring in like live guitar. We're trying to go ahead and bring in you know um, my like vocals. You know all the fun stuff. And, and that once again is something that's going to take polishing until you have a perfect product that you a, a product you know, that you can present to everybody. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I feel like so many people, because it even through COVID, everybody still wants to be a fucking DJ. I'm not sure why. But but it's, it's like people don't understand those steps that have to be taken in almost 98% of careers. Like in 98% of people's like journey, if you're really doing the work, you visit the drawing board very, very, very oh often. The whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yes
1: multiple times Uh, and and you got like you know one of the biggest things is uh not not being so eager to 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 get rewarded out of it you know like like you shouldn't like sit down fiddle with like you know a a daw, you know and and be like oh yeah i should have like a a skrillex banger right now i was about to say i'm skrillex
0: (laughs) I am skrillex But but yeah, no, I mean you're absolutely correct and it's like That was my problem for so long was that like I didn't have patience. I was like, okay I did x y and z like why the fuck isn't this happening? And that's something also that is so important to understand that there's actually very little short-term gratification In this period like you're in it for the long haul and that's why I feel like if you're like, a Cloud dj like i got my followers i got my likes i got this and this and that you're gonna be really disappointed
1: if you're trying to go ahead and make it an edm yes you're gonna be really disappointed but like if you're if you're trying to go ahead and go that route that's totally fine that's what top 40 and club djs are for like yeah there's plentiful and let me tell you the job security is way better like so so by all means, take your clout DJing and take it to like a club and 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 do a club night or top forty or some shit like that. But if you're trying to do that with like EDM and you have no production whatsoever, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, you're gonna have a
0: terrible time. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's just a process. You have to be ready to like, I think. The easiest way to get that anxiousness of, okay, this is a long haul is to just start and just fucking do it already because that's the only way you're going to get closer to failing, closer to learning, closer to doing better at the start, same concept.
1: Start doing it already right off the bat and then uh, instead of just saying, oh, I'm going to get to it or I'm going to get to it and, and and be happy of all your little achievements. It's okay to be proud of those. Like You, know, you have
0: to be. If you get you, told so no so many times.
1: Exactly. If, if you laid out like you know, just like a drum beat, or, or you know, like simple, super, super simple, and, and you made it sound super crisp, and and you know, it's to your liking. Be proud of that. You know, mm-hmm. like like there's no reason to be like, oh well, it's not a full completed song, so I'm just gonna kick myself in the ass. Like you're not doing anybody a favor by putting yourself. You're like, why are you beating yourself up? No. Why? Like, yes hold yourself accountable, learn, you know, like say, like structure yourself in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to take, you know, an hour to learn this every single day, or, or I'm going to, you know, educate myself on, on this or that for, for, you know, for an extra two hours on this specific day, you, you have to put that dedication in 100%. But that doesn't mean that, that 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 you shouldn't be proud of like any little accomplishment or anything that 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 you feel is is an achievement for you. Right. Because at the end of the day, this is your career. It's for you. Right. So so just because um, Timmy from, you know, next door like is skyrocketing through their courses, you know, and and is making banger after banger. That doesn't mean that you're 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 dumb. That doesn't mean that you're not getting it. That doesn't mean that it's you know, you're learning at your own pace. And the music that you're gonna create. Timmy ain't gonna create your music for you, right? So like like he's not gonna steal your ideas and like, you know, make them himself. The music that you want to create is still gonna be in your head, you know?
0: Absolutely. And I mean
1: expanding and learning and, and just being motivated and holding yourself accountable to to the fact that if you want to succeed in this you're gonna to have to put that dedication in.
0: i mean that's it and it's like so many people including myself and i think any new artist has gone through this this facet where you want to just skip the steps and you don't want to do the steps and you don't want to you don't want to do the work in these like Points where you're like, damn, like I know I'm not fucking good at this. Like, how can I get around it? I can't tell you how many times I've been like, how can I like not do this and and do it some other way to get the same exact result? And it's not. And it's like, and if you can understand that at the get-go, you're gonna save yourself so much time and so much wraparound time where you're just making things less efficient than they need to be. And And it's like, you do. you you're a nice enough person to where you give like consultation to a lot of these like regional to non-regional artists on, you know, just problems that they're going through, like roadblocks in their journey. And it's like, what are some of the things that you most commonly hear from these artists where they're just like beating their head against the wall?
1: Just self-doubt. Yeah. Realistically, like that's one of the biggest things It's just like getting around that mental hurdle of like exactly what I just touched on is just not having that immediate reward. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, you feel like because I opened up FL studio and I didn't come out with like a full length track or, or this or that, like when I closed it down that, that, that I'm a failure, I didn't do anything. You know, like, like, yes, yeah. you know, like, like I get frustrated or I, I, you know, get feel burnt out. Like, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be a, a, a like your, a self paced educational journey, you know. Yeah. Ain't nobody, you know, holding you hostage, telling you to be a music producer or be like you know, you know, what I'm saying? Like these are these are normal struggles. There's no reason for you to feel, you know, that, um, like like you're not progressing or that you know the only the only person that's gonna know if you're not making any progress is yourself, right? You, you can't lie to yourself. And, and that's the reality of it. If you know you still need to work on A, B, or C, then you need to hold yourself accountable and learn A, B, and C and dedicate the time to learning those things, you know, uh, and, and not skip around them. Uh, and that's, that's the reality of it. You need, to, you need to put dedication and focus and and, and be really determined, you know. Really determined to 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 put yourself in grind and, and be okay with the fact that not every day is going to be a win. But you can be proud of the progress that you've made, whether it's you know a ten percent or fifteen percent or even two percent, you know, sort of progress. Like you should be happy with the fact because ultimately you're going to know the work that you put in,
0: right? Absolutely. So
1: so so if you Know for a fact that you sat there and you put some hard work, you broke a sweat trying to get that done. Then, then be happy, be proud. You put in that work, you put in that effort. Absolutely, that's that's what counts at the end of the day, doesn't it? The result doesn't count um, uh, until you know result. Badly put, you know the the result count, but you know immediate results aren't aren't what go ahead and matter in this industry. is those long term results, right?
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: even, even with artists that, that become popular overnight, cool. Like, they go ahead and make three, four tracks, they tour for two years, and then they're out. And they just go ahead and disappear. That's not
0: long-term. Like, that's not long-term. And it's like, everyone starts this because they love it, obviously, but... It's like it's it's very easy to think short-minded it's like how the fuck did that person just pop up if they did Usually they've been at it for a while But how did that person just pop up because it sometimes does happen And how are they on the touring circuit with x amount of releases x amount of this x amount of that, but it's like you can only Don't compare yourself to other people only compare yourself to where you're at and where you want to go because
1: They're gonna fade out
0: correct that would be correct. And that's the, that's the hardest issue I feel like I find when talking to other colleagues, whether they're at a higher level or a lower level than I am or if they're a beginner, whatever, is like, why the fuck is that happening to that person and not happening to me because i put the work in? And you can't hold that in your heart because it's just going to take up space that should be yes. taken up by something else. Mm-hmm. And and at the end of the day too, like this shit shouldn't be a burden because you're working more Hours than you would ever work doing a nine to five, that you would ever work doing another job. So it's like you might as well love it. Like you, you know, and you have to like the music that you're making. Like I listen to my fucking music all the time. I had a podcast with Swarm yesterday. He loves his music. He's like, I'm my number one top fan. And like you should be your number one fan because you should be happy with the product that you're producing. And if you're not happy with it yet, that's okay. You're not gonna fucking sound like Skrillix out the door. Like it's not possible.
1: And and I'm sure that, you know, you've gone fairly far since you've since your start, you know, and you have a long way to go. But I'm sure that even now you appreciate or wish you could go back to like moments where you were just starting out and just learning everything because it's it was just so so innocent. Oh yeah. (laughs) And and so like less hostile and it was so much more fun. Yeah, Yeah, and that's of it, it it's it, it almost it loses it's it's almost like a new childhood you know and, and it's slowly as you get more involved in the music industry it starts losing it's it's you know innocence and but the and goal
0: is to not lose that
1: yeah and you got
0: still to be, keep that
1: you can not go ahead and be rushing it because n- uh, a lot of the people who are in music in general not just you know electronic but a lot of the people that have rushed their journeys um uh, end up you know not in a good spot you know they end up either you know washed up or burnt out or you know just like not really thriving anymore they have like one hit or you know do dumb shit to stay relevant so it's just uh i don't know man it's it's just one of those things you know You you just, you have to, you have to know what you're getting yourself into, you know, and, and you have to realize that it's, uh, it's not all fun and games. um, And it's a tough road, both mentally and physically.
0: (laughs) Definitely. And I feel like, especially over like quarantine with the unfortunate number of people we have lost close to us in this community is putting a light on something that is very often ignored when it comes to mental health and the people you're surrounding yourself with and your team members holding yourself as well as you holding them accountable to staying on track. And and that's something that, you know, and it, it makes me mad because it's like, even with everything that's happened, it's like we live in a world where something's a 30-second trend and then it disappears. Yep. And, and no matter what it is, if you're trying to cancel someone for playing a COVID show, if somebody, you know, said something online or some girl came out and said, you know, he did this to me at a club, it's like a 12-hour window where everybody needs to say their mark and then the next day starts and it's been forgotten. And that's what I feel like has happened with this whole talk on mental illness. And it's like, how are we going to move forward expecting a change when we're doing the same thing over and over again? Like, how are we going to make that difference to where this shit doesn't happen? Because you know, when it happens, other people are aware that it's happening on their team. Other people are enabling it. And it's like, we live in an industry where people don't want to talk about it because it definitely is less accepted than it used to be with drugs and alcohol and all that shit. But people still do it behind closed doors nonstop. So it's Mm -hmm. like, where does that, where is the line drawn, if at all ever drawn, where it's like, hey. Not only is this like not okay, like do whatever the fuck you want, but like it's not good for you Like it's not like like you're living a hard life Anyways, all of these people who are touring all the time. They're not seeing their significant other They're not seeing their families. They're going from not sleeping seven to nine hours a night to sleeping in airport chairs To playing shows where alcohol and drugs are getting shoved in their face. Like when does that become? Hey, like this isn't how it should be like, I don't know. Like does that ever happen?
1: I mean, I think that that's what I think that that's why we need to establish a more, you know, a, a more a community that holds themselves more accountable, you mm-hmm. know, um, because everybody's really quick to, you know, put oh, rest in peace. I'm so sorry for this and that. But we 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 never hear about anybody taking action. Very Correct. rarely go ahead and hear about anybody taking action. You know, um, the, there's a ton of resources out there that the people can go ahead and be using. Um, there, there's a, everybody should go ahead and not be an asshole to each other, first of all. First of all
0: <laughs> yeah, first of all, you know, first of all.
1: And, and, and we should be, you know, more. I think that we're we're getting to a point where we're being more accepting of, you know, getting help, being, you know, on the right track. Um, I have seen a lot of people the last two years getting sober, um, yeah. and, and starting their own challenges with friends and, and all that. So I'm hoping the, 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 that we are at that point, you know, uh, that we're, we're at that point where as a community we're, we're developing and moving forward and, and being, you know, honest with the reality, uh, that touring artists and people in the music industry face. Um, you know, when it comes to substance abuse or when it comes to depression and you know um things of that nature, uh, we we have to be more open about about that dialogue. We need to be more open about establishing those lines of communication and, and being there for each other, you know. Um I I think that if anything, I think the pandemic should have should should honestly have made us realize um how similar of the problems that we all face are right
0: it's a very short list
1: yeah so 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 i, I feel that that should bring us a lot closer together um, for 2021 in my yeah. opinion right and, yeah. and that's obviously perfect world scenario so i'm not saying that everything's perfect but i feel that the multiple losses that we've 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 had you know this year in edm and and their causes Um, and just music and in the world in general, because we've had some very iconic figures as well go ahead and pass away um, this year, Um, you know, all related to the same issues, you know? I feel like, you know, uh, music fans tend to put everybody on this like, you know, Holy Grail kind of, you know, God tier.
0: Well, that's and, why all these people who have no idea what this industry is about wants to be those people on the God tier because uh, they don't get the it.
1: Yeah, and, and they feel that it's all like, you know, it's all rainbows and butterflies, but it's really not. No. It's really not. Um, and, and it goes to show that, you know, even having a full-blown tour schedule doesn't make a lot of these artists happy. Um, you know, having all the money in the world doesn't make these artists fucking happy. And, and, but, you know, the only thing that makes all of these artists happy is making their music. That's, that's something that they all enjoyed that, you know, their craft, whether they were actors, whether they were, you know, painters or whatever they did. They loved what they did. Right.
0: And Uh, that's, I feel like the commonality that you'll see in people who stand above the rest is the fact that their number one priority is honing their craft and doing it because they love it. And when that's not your number one, I feel like it eventually shows.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's artists that have, I don't, how do you go ahead and give an example without being like this person?
0: (laughs) Say say person X.
1: (laughs) Person X. Um, no, but I mean, it's just such a, it's such a, like, you know, um, there is was a dubstep artist. We'll just go ahead and do it, do it like this. Dubstep. It's okay.
0: We can piss people off. It's all right. I, I don't really want
1: to piss them off. I mean, you know what? It's not a bad thing. Um, okay. So, you know, like you have somebody like Getter, right? Um, Getter was doing like, you know, his dubstep tear out, all that shit. Like, you know, early roots, you mm-hmm. know, like he was starting out. And, and I don't know. Like, I just feel, and I don't want to go ahead and assume or anything like that, but I just feel like he was not happy doing that whatsoever. Yeah. And that reflected in his attitude, right? Because there was this huge time, like you know, the, a couple months streak uh, where where you know Getter was just like on one, you know what I'm saying? And everybody was just like, "What the fuck, bro? Like, what, like, are you okay? Like, you know?" And then uh, and then he went off radar, right? Put more attention into his terror read stuff. Put uh, stuff which I
0: think he genuinely enjoyed.
1: Yes, and then he started working on the visceral project. Which was right?
0: amazing.
1: Which was amazing, right? And, and fans didn't like it, but fuck them because it fuck was... Amazing, them. You know? But, like, he came back with such a more positive and, like, more happy, like, kind of, like, attitude, you know? And then, obviously, the whole visceral shit fucking what happened and, like, that kind of fucking, you know, caused him to go ahead and disappear for a few. But the, the resilience... Uh, that man, you know what I'm saying to, yeah. to hone his craft to go ahead and go outside of his box and, and You know acknowledge that he wasn't happy with what he was doing remove himself from the situation You know whether he went ahead and pissed off a B or C or whoever the fuck he went ahead and pissed that
0: doesn't off. matter because it's his Not life
1: It's his life and he decided to step back focus on himself focus and put that energy on the projects that he wanted to. And look at the results, a beautiful fucking full length album and a fucking amazing killer fucking side project. Mm -hmm. Like who can be mad at that? No one. The dream, you know, and not to mention everything else that he's going ahead and doing, you know, so all power to him. And I'm not trying to go ahead and single him out, but it's just really difficult. Like with like what, what exactly what you were saying, right. It's difficult for me to try to try to go ahead and like, really discuss that without trying to give some sort of example. You know? No, that's, that's
0: a perfect that, example. It's not that pops
1: into my head immediately, you know?
0: Yeah, it's not singling him out at all. Um, I, I mean, I think that's something that a lot of us have is the step one is like recognizing the issue of why you're unhappy and why you're not happy with where you're at. And it's like in the back of your mind you'd be like, oh like it's never cause I'm like touring or doing this or doing that, because those are all amazing things. But it's like this shit is not for everyone. Like, a lot of people, like, look at it from far away, and it's like... And, and two, it's like, just because you're a phenomenal producer, you might hate it on the road. You might just fucking hate it. And it's like, it sucks because it's something that comes, especially in this genre, um, kind of with the job. Like, if you do this, you do that. But it's, it's cool, like fuck everybody who didn't support his project. Like you would just hope that he's at peace and more happy with himself right. because he's doing something that he loves to do. And yeah, it's like- I
1: reflected so heavily in both projects. Yeah. Extremely, extremely, you know? So, I, I mean, I understand, you know, like how, how I don't understand firsthand, but I, I can understand why it would have been so hurtful to for like, you know, the response of like, you know, that Visceral had, you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's unfortunate. Like the project still did well. Like if you took any project and it came from the ground up, like it still did well. It's just comparing it to his past with getter.
1: Like, like the thing is that think about it this way, like how good of a producer and artist do you have to be to have dubstep and bass roots for dead mouse to go ahead and pick you up and be like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, like this guy hates bass music for like, Like 95% of it, you know, so yeah, but he's still respected in the industry as far as like, you know, like, like the, the, you know, the, the, the work that he has put in as a producer, you know, so, so for somebody like him to go ahead and like, you know, just tap him and like be like, yo, like, you know, Completely different background from what I'm used to like let's go. It's the same thing that he did with Skrillex, you know So obviously he saw something in 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 gutter and I feel like that's an awesome thing And I hope that he goes out and pursues and continues to pursue uh, more of what he wants to go ahead and do because I feel I, I do
0: too and it's like and I feel like I've unfortunately had these conversations with these artists that are bigger than me and they feel like they like have kind of like an ending debt to their team, whether it's management agents, what you know, whatever it is, publisher, whatever. And it's like at the end of the day, no matter what it is, those people work for you as an artist. So it's mm-hmm. like, even if they don't support maybe a change in path, there's someone out there who will support that change in path. But you have to like, people just hate change. Sometimes people are more, comfortable with staying in a bad position that's making them unhappy than being like, okay, I might piss some people off, but I got to change something because I'm unhappy. Right. And I feel like that's how everything starts to spiral downward. And then instead of confronting the problem, you find ways to make the problem hurt less. Mm-hmm. And and it just sucks. It sucks.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. and uh, I mean, that's just one of the many mental struggles that you go through uh, yeah. you know, as an artist it's,
0: i um, just think it's cool though now that i feel there are some like top tier players black tiger sex machine is an instance because i've had a conversation with them there are guys who are like completely sober and they're like focused on health and they're focused on like yo we're going to the gym when we're on tour we're going to do this and this and like, stuff that you may not want to do but the long-term effect of it and keeping like a good head on your shoulders is going to be totally worth it in the long run. And I like those groups of people. I feel like in EDM, we're all sitting at the high school tables, like the meme. And it's like, everyone's got their crew, whether it's like a label or just like a collective of artists, everyone has that table that they sit at. And some tables are like, Let's fucking party and other tables are like let's sit and nerd around and play video games and make music But it's like there's definitely a place for everyone And I just hope that we all though can like move forward coming together because it's like at the end of the day Our industry isn't that big like it's not that big. So before you decided that you wanted to curate Asteria and that was going to be like your Little baby, you did a background in DJing and you kind of pursued that artist path where you crossed paths with Slushy and other artists when they were all coming up. So I feel like a lot of people who end up working on the back end of the music industry do start as DJs and want to pursue a career path in being an artist. So, like, how was that journey into transitioning to saying, like, hey, this isn't for me. I'm meant to be here doing this.
1: I just, it just felt so much more rewarding, like, you know, yeah. I was like, you know, helping others with their career and, and taking everything that I learned, you know, with uh, everything that I did and, and, and applying it to their careers and then, you know, them having like, you know, success and, and it just, I it's just so much more rewarding. Uh It was cool doing the whole, you know, DJing, touring and all that fun stuff uh, and it, it just, I just felt like I could just do so much more. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: You know, it just felt it felt more rewarding being able to 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 get somebody that that you know is it has amazing music but isn't being heard, you know, and get them like the spotlight and, and help their career flourish, you know. So,
0: and is that how you got into artist management?
1: Yeah, that's how I got into artist management and just the overall artist development side of things. You know, Um, I I felt that it was important to have uh, insight into a being an artist yourself um, and and, and all those elements, and and, and applying that to your management. Um, It it just kind of gives you a more instead of having like a a management point of view, you you get like a broader scope of like you know the whole picture instead of you know. Just one or two things, which is the same thing as to why I started, you know, doing a label, and why I started doing, you know, um, the the artist consultations as well, you know, which aren't artists that I go ahead and manage. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are all all things that, that the and started throwing a stereo in general, you know, because uh, because I just felt like having all of these different points of view from from you know from from doing, you know, music releases from artist bookings, from, you know, the, the branding and management of an artist, you know, bringing all of those aspects together and, and just having, you know, that experience has helped me curate, you know, an event that's friendly towards artists and helps artists instead of it being just like how a regular festival is being thrown. Uh,
0: Absolutely.
1: The, the label side of things makes me able to, you know, reward an artist how I feel they should be rewarded as far as like royalties and streaming, you know, breaks they're supposed to go ahead and be, you know, um, with, the, with the management side, I'm able to understand the importance of an artist, you know, needing their time and, and, and be in a stress-free environment to create the music that they need to create in order for their full potential to, you know, go ahead and be shown you know, and so they don't have to worry about business and, and this deal and that deal and this and that, you know, so they don't have to stress about that. Um, all of those cohesively put together has helped me uh, be able to bring something to the table that, that is unique as far as a festival, it's unique in the, in the way that I manage and it's unique in the way that um, I develop artists overall and, and, and the experience and, and advice that I go ahead and give to upcoming artists
0: absolutely it's like you're kind of putting in the groundwork to understand and utilize like every piece of the pie and then you use those pieces of the pies and your understanding to help in other concepts and like facets with whether it's your artists or moving forward with hysteria and i feel like even if somebody like even artists like even djs like even if you don't want to be a manager, a promoter, a talent buyer, or you know a label A&R. Like it's important to know and understand what all of these things are and their purpose.
1: So important. It's extremely important because then you have artists that have had their friends mismanaging their career, or you have artists that uh, you know have had somebody. Perfectly manage their career the whole entire time and then all of a sudden the manager goes ahead and up and leaves and then you're stuck with, you know, not knowing what to do, not even knowing where to get started, you know, or you have to end up, you end up having to fire your friend uh, or somebody that's incompetent and then you, you're left with a mess that you have to go ahead and sort through and, and sort out.
0: Absolutely. So, and I feel like that happens more times than not, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's just you—you know, it's uh, it's one of the biggest ones. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of artists always go ahead and uh, approach me about playing hysteria and like you know, like oh, well, you know, why am I not playing it, or or how can I get involved with hysteria uh, or how can I perform, or why am I not playing, you know, or this and that, you know, and, and the biggest thing is, is that that you shouldn't want to go ahead and be playing a festival. The festival should be wanting you to go ahead and play the festival, right? Because those are the things that matter. A local event or festival, even a club show or anything like that, isn't going to be what gets you, sets your career off or you know takes you anywhere. You know, what, what's going to really take you places is going to be your music. So you should be at home until you get a phone call or email from said festival that you want to go ahead and play. And that's just the reality of it, right? So yep.
0: I'm glad you said that. I was like, "Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at?" The home, the be at home working thing, because I feel like that's a general misconception to artists, even at like very high levels, is like there's you're never going to regret being at home working.
1: No, and there's some artists that are amazing and incredible, and I think that their production is top notch, and I just don't don't book them. And the reason that I don't book them is not because they're not good; it's because I know that they're going to be better if they're not fucking focused on playing a fucking festival in April. You know, like if they're putting their their time and focus into, you know, their production and, and, you know, working out the kinks as far as like, you know, their sounds. I I know that they're going to be able to bring way better performance later down the road and, and be able to really bring something special to the table.
0: And to be like a legitimate artist, not just like a regional booking or a local booking, you know, like like it's it there's such a difference. And it's like that's something that I definitely didn't understand like off the bat is like to be legitimately booked and to be a local support act are like two worlds at polar opposite ends.
1: Oh yeah, and- absolutely. And and the 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 other thing too is that like no like yeah your friends are going to go and support you right they're going to the show to support you but very rarely does anybody remember who the opening act is or, or you know who, who opened doors or who who even did direct support yeah. like a lot of times people don't even remember you know uh, so why why are you going to make it a priority you know yeah. like, I mean, people people need to I mean, artists need to go ahead and realize that that the only person that ends up really benefiting from these live shows is your ego. Yeah. Like, like locally, at that level, the only thing that that you get is for you to feel good. Yeah. Played a show in front of your friends, and you did it, woohoo, everybody fucking had a blast, everybody was raging, and and that's cool and all, and and it makes for great memories, right? But it's not going to take you anywhere. Right. That would they, be correct. The end result of that is maybe like a few more shows, but what are you gonna do after a year of shows locally? Keep playing local shows? Play, yep. Like
0: and so cool. many people, especially in Orlando, get stuck into that box. Yep. And and it's like the only way to get out of that box is not even like connection-wise. Like I guess it happens sometimes, but like it's a very small percentage, but it's like is taking yourself out of that nightlife scene and saying, okay, I'm gonna take all the time that I was doing playing this show, playing this show, playing this show for little to no money at all, or fighting to get paid your 50 bucks and sit my be- like sit my butt at home and work. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's crazy. I understood I understood that very quickly and it's crazy to watch like people who I've worked alongside still not get it. And it's, like, why do you ask yourself why you're not where you want to be if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results?
1: Yeah, and it values your brand, right? Like, because if you're, you know, and it's different because, you know, like, it's different with you because you're a resident in a club. And I
0: mean, like, I strictly do it, though, like, especially now. Like, it's a way that I can continue Working every day on what I want to do,
1: right? But the other thing is that it's a it's a rotating lineup of EDMX that are come through the way, and not only that, you're also going ahead and and you know putting in the work of you know production and doing yeah. this, doing podcasts, and you know actually making you know a, a name for yourself, right? Yeah, now, which is completely different in the scenario where where someone devalues their brand in the sense of like they're playing every single weekend but they're they're not playing anything noteworthy like right they're playing like six dive bar shows like in one month and 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 then so even your friends are going to be like i don't really want to go to this bar and go see you for the 20th time this week you know yeah like, and you start losing that value of bringing people in and that, tra- that, that goes, that spreads across the whole entire board, right? Because we talk about attention spans. So, so the minute that you start making quality music and you, and, and you want to send it out, you've been too busy sending out all this mediocre stuff that people are going to be hesitant to listen to anything that actually ends up being good. Yeah. Right? Right. The time that you actually have a, a show that's worth your your friend's while that is going to actually be beneficial to you in some sense or degree, it's going to be harder to pull them out and to go ahead and come out and support you when it really actually matters, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, when your door count matters, when, you know, it matters that you're showing up. It's definitely, and I think that speaks for, like, even music releases, too, is, like, always, like, quality over quantity, Because it's like, that's the stuff that people are going to remember. And it's like, when you really need your friends to be there, when you really need X, Y, and Z to listen, they're going to be there. There were like a few labels, thankfully, that I'm releasing on next year, that had been asking for music for a while. And I was like, I can't send them something that I'm doing right now. Like, I can't, like, my music isn't to the point where they're going to take it because I don't want to be told no when I finally send them music.
1: Right. Yep. Yep.
0: So it's like, that goes back to being patient and being like, okay, I'm not at that point yet. I'm not ready yet. And
1: And I'm glad that, you know, making, you know, the doing podcasts like these and, 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 you know, even, even though you're the host and you're interviewing people, but it allows you to go ahead and also be transparent with your audience as far as like, you know, how, how your experience in the music industry has been.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And allows, you know, the whoever you're interviewing to go ahead and be transparent with how their experience in the industry has been. And it allows people to really get an inside look overall as to, like, you know, the overall, like, like what it takes for you to go ahead and be listening to, like, you know, like, your song, you know, Lizzie's song on Spotify. It's a, it's a trip, man. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a journey. And, I mean, you're talking about, like, you know, you could probably release the song, like, you know, finish it. In February and you're not even going to see it until like December being released. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, if you're lucky.
0: (laughs) It's crazy. And it's like, by then you look at the song and you're like, wow, that's a piece of shit. And it's coming out right now. And you're like, fuck. And, but, but it's like, so true. You should literally just be my spokesperson. But like, that's literally why I do this is because there's such an influx of people. Not only are they at home right now because of COVID, but it's like, people just don't get the back end of it. They don't get the back end of being an artist. They don't understand the, you know, reciprocations that it can potentially come with. There's so many highs, but there's so many lows, if not more lows, to balance out the highs. And then they don't get people in your position. They don't get people in... My agent's position. They don't understand talent buyers. They don't understand x y and z That all have to work together in the hamster wheel to make the hamster go forward And it's like it all matters and the more that you as an artist or you as an aspiring talent buyer or an event curator Can understand people who have already experienced this and gone through the steps The more things that they can avoid and not make the same fucking mistakes
1: Exactly. And that's why it's been so important for me to do all these artist consultations. Right. Because, because
0: and most I, people aren't as nice as you and would not do that.
1: No, but, um, <laughs> I'm not the nicest person either. Like I can be like, you know, I can be difficult to work with 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like, um, the more difficult I am to work with is the, the, the reason being is because I care about what you're doing. Um, to almost to a personal degree. And that's why, you know, like there, there's been some calls consultations where I'm just like, you know, you gotta do this and that. And then there's some other other consultations where where I'm just like, why are you not doing this? You know, like I start screaming and shit and I like, you know, get frustrated. And it's really because of the fact that I care about the project because I see the potential that it has, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: The frustration that it goes ahead and brings me when 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 um, a person is so close, but I have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I have to go ahead and understand also that, that a lot of these people don't have the same experiences that, that I do, which is why I wanted to start doing all these consultations and start talking to them so that I can get a baseline and real, really good readout of, you know, where everybody's at, what their biggest hurdles are, what do they need the most help with? Right, so that so that we can, uh, uh, I mean, artist base, and then eventually everybody else in this community in, in podcasts like these, you know, can help them, you know, uh, you know, and, and help them excel forward and, and make the decision if this is something that they want to get into. Or, Absolutely, or look for some sort of guidance so that they know: hey, i I'm doing this right, or oh, I'm not doing this right, or I should focus more on this instead of you know that. And maybe get some reassurances as far as like, you know, knowing that they're doing the right things, they're taking the right steps. And even though they're not seeing an immediate reward, you know, that that they're that they're doing it for the long run and that they're setting themselves up to be successful for the long run instead of a short run,
0: and you know, like all of those things are important to hear. And if you're an individual who cannot take, criticisms or be told that you know you're not doing this right or hey like this sucks this is not the line of work for you and and you want like if all of your friends just tell you that your song rocks every time you send it to them they're not the people you should be sending your music to and and it's like you as a an individual whatever position you hold in this industry should always want to know how you can be doing better and always surround yourself with people like i want to be the least successful person in my green room like like that's like that's like my little thing but it's like i want to be around people who make me feel like hey like you're not working hard enough but it's like you got to be proud of yourself like obviously like right. you need to like pat yourself on the back like that's just a given but like don't surround yourself with the same four local dj's who are doing the same no. thing every weekend it's
1: just not it's just not going to work to your favor at all N- no right gonna end up wasting a lot of time um and the only people the you know everybody's friends uh when they're all at the same level you know what i'm saying
0: and don't be afraid like you're gonna lose friends too like you're gonna get people everybody wants to be your friend and everybody's chill with you until you're a level higher than them and i know that sounds like so like stereotypical or like little like mean girls of me but like it's it's just like If you're at the same level as the other person who you're chill with, the second you take that step up, they're not chill with you anymore. And it's like, I have people who, like, I'm fighting to one day, like, hold a position where, like, I can bring the hard workers up who haven't gotten the recognition recognition that they deserve. But a lot of people just hold resentment instead of, like, oh, hey, like, I should just ask her what she did. Like, how the fuck did you do that? And it's like, most of the time too, like there's a lot of nice people in this industry too that will tell you and share what they did with you.
1: Yeah, and, and it's 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 difficult and it's it gets even harder to find, you know, there's a lot of people that are willing to give you, you know, the basics and, and all that stuff. But when you start getting into a more advanced uh, sort of situation, you're going to see that those individuals that you can reach out to for help are going to run... They like they're going to be thin to none, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's important that you keep you know strong um, individuals and like mentors per se in, in your circle because you need somebody who's going to be honest uh, with their feedback because they want to see you succeed, right? They they want they want to see your project go places, and, and those are the people that you need to team up with, and those those are the people that should be managing your team, right? Someone who's actually passionate about what direction your project is going in you know
0: absolutely
1: and somebody who's going to be they they should you know you you brought up you know being your biggest fan you know they they the person who's who's like you know managing you should be your second biggest fan you know if not right alongside you as far as like being the number one fan you know uh, and, and those are, those people are going to reach out to you, right? In the same way that, you know, booking uh, talent agents are going to reach out to you. You should be waiting to be reached out to and not be reaching out to others, right? Yeah. Um, when it comes to, to progressing in this industry, um, as a, as a music producer, it's just how it goes you know Um, you shouldn't be trying to do a million contests for you to go ahead and play some festival that nobody's going to know who you are and only 50 of your friends are going to come support you like that's that's you should be spending all that time and energy on your craft and honing in on you know new projects and finishing up that song that you've been working on those are the things that you should be focusing on because then as a result of finishing that that's going to put you one step closer to achieving all the things that you're wanting.
0: Mhm. Yep, it goes it goes hand in hand and like the more that you understand the back end of it, the easier it is to like see the path that like you need to take and not avoid. And yep. and yeah, I mean, I feel like the future of events is going to be like super interesting moving forward and seeing how everything's going to start to open up like I mean, do you think lineups are going to change? Like, do you think there's going to be these new characters and new acts like introduced to the regular circuit? Or do you think it's just going to go back to being like normal?
1: I say here's what I think is going to happen. I think what's going to happen is that once again, like everything's going to be like an equal playing field, right? We have a new year. We have a bunch of music that is going to be coming out. We got a bunch of artists that have been, you know... That have been in hibernation, actually working uh, and making music that they're planning on releasing, you know, for 2021. And, and I feel that we're going to see a readjustment. I mean, we had a bunch of we had a bunch of artists get canceled, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know that that reset the playing field, and now it's it's all about who's going to fucking take advantage of it and, and come out ball swinging, right? We have yeah. a great festival season. We didn't have a festival season last year, so there was nobody that impressed anybody let's be honest right like so so now everybody has the the, 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 the floor really to yeah. really come out you know full full swing um, for 2021 and, and they can drastically go ahead and change the landscape if they choose to and fans also have the opportunity to do this too it's not only the fucking artists
0: the fans you know. matter what the people want to see matters
1: Better. and those like you know right now if, if you're all about like S- small artists this is your opportunity to make sure that your voice is heard as far as like you wanting those artists to be successful you wanting those artists to play the EDCs, to play the electric forest to play you know um ultra it's your opportunity to create that demand from zero because the whole industry was shut down last year so nobody has data on jack shit. Everybody's relying on data from 2018, right? Everybody is that's the 2018 and 2019 is the data that everybody's relying on because realistically there's no real data for 2020 because everything got canceled.
0: Yeah. So
1: y'all have the opportunity, the you know, the 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 artists, the the like the whole industry has an opportunity to set a brand new bar. Yeah. From, from from how you set up your stages to how you go ahead and do your lights to how you create a visual experience to how you perform live you know everything has has, has given us an uh, this has given us an opportunity to set the bar right at zero and see who's going to go ahead and, and and go full speed ahead and run with it
0: yeah it's very exciting because i feel like this has not happened in a very long time no if ever <laughs>
1: and, 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 but this is why music fans are so important right now. That's why they're so important right now. Because mm-hmm. if, if you've been all about the good, like, you know, and the independent artists, if you've been all about, you know, small events, if you've been all about, you know, th- this is your time to show that support. This is your time to show the big guys at AEG, you know, uh, Live Nation, and all and, you know, all those guys. These are the artists that we want to go ahead and see tour. The 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 U.S.
0: next yeah. year,
1: you know, like like this is your opportunity to show that.
0: Absolutely, I mean, you 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 pretty much said it all. I mean, do you think moving forward? I know, like Eventbrite and Live Nation have been discussing that you know they're going to be able to either do rapid testing or have people with the barcodes with the vaccines to have full capacity indoor live events. Do you think that's going to come to fruition? Like, do you think there's going to be a point in time where it's like, if you have a vaccine and you Uh, have proof of it, I don't know.
1: You throw enough money at anything, the problem gets solved, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, if you could throw a full capacity, like full capacity festival in a, in a small area, if everybody were to take a vaccine, like, would you do it?
1: Well, here's the thing. We're already working on that first area. Okay. So so right now we're already working to to search a partner for us to have like, you know, pre-testing and, 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 you know, pre-testing before the event and then testing on the site, which involves rapid testing, right? Now, rapid testing, the unfortunate thing about rapid testing is that it's not always accurate, right? Mm So every time that we have a negative or excuse me, every time that we have a positive, we always have to double check, right? Yeah. That, that, that it is a positive or whatnot. Um, as the, you know the, as testing and things get progressively less expensive and move forward, um, we're gonna see a huge increase of people that have already taken the vaccine, that um, have, uh, have, uh, have kind of made this the norm, right uh, of getting tested because a lot of workers and employees of, of, of you know, a lot of like the workforce is having to go ahead and get tested almost on a regular basis. Yep. You know? um, and so they're already going to know the drill. Um, so I, I can see that 100% happening because we're already implementing something similar on our end. Um, as far as, uh, you know, vaccinating on site, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But at the same time, we got to see where the distribution is at that point, right? Because everything's being done in phases. So so we just kind of have to see where things are at. So I I have no disagreement or, or see any issues or see it not being something that is implemented, you know, uh, industry-wide. It's the only thing that goes ahead and kind of secures us, uh, or not secures us fully, or gives us a, you know, but... Us the
0: sense us security. sense
1: of security, Exactly. You know, it gives us, it gives us uh, a, a preventative measure that we can, you know, put in place.
0: And that's very important right now with how on edge the majority of the country is.
1: Right. Right. Which is why it's so important to, to do all these things as far as like, you know, looking at the guidelines, if you're throwing events, uh, making sure that you're following everything that you're supposed to and making sure that your, your guests, Health, uh, uh, health, and safety is is your priority, especially during this time. You yep. know,
0: absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm really, I'm really excited for for the next year. I want to hope that it's fucking better than this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say everything's pointing to it being better than this past year. But I just wanted to thank you for coming on. This has honestly been like one of my favorite episodes because, like, the goal of this is to. Give information like I love hearing about stories from artists and experiences and all that stuff But like this is the stuff that people and aspiring artists can take away as well as people who aspire to be in your position Where I really feel like they can learn and be like, oh shit Like I didn't know about x y and z and now I have one take from these two people on it. If you feel me
1: I like no, I think that it's important Like I was saying it's super important that you're that you're doing this and i'm supportive of it Thank you. I appreciate you bringing me
0: on and- yeah absolutely well everyone especially if you're in florida especially if you're not in florida please keep your eyes and updates on asteria arts and music festival for 2021 um you know we're gonna cross our fingers these guys are doing it right and the lineup is just absolutely insane i will be playing so i'm really excited too and um yeah thank you so much Meg. i will uh i'll talk to you later